The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. Perhaps there's still a part of me that feels like there could be something deeper. Motherhood. I really want to experience union and I want to, I want that union to be conscious and healthy and 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 not dysfunctional. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent, and I'll be digging deep acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. Black women and brown women are at more risk of having these negative health outcomes. So why are they not the ones in the rooms which have the solutions? Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. It's the week after half term and I have to say I think there's been a general feeling of everyone needing this half term. I think it's the break that many parents needed after and the kids being in school after the first, well the second lockdown and yeah, the sun's been shining. It's been good. When the sun shines in this country, it is wonderful. When I say this country, it's the UK. So we never take for granted any ray of sunshine. And when it comes, we are wholeheartedly celebrating it. And that's what we did this half term. It was a real switch off. It was a lovely break. And I hope everyone else has had the same. So that that's actually my dog in the background, just as I start recording. This week is a great guest, Nahanda Truscott-Reed. Now, I heard about Nahanda from another guest of mine, Georgina, who was the book coach, and she recommended Nahanda actually on the podcast. And I was so grateful that she did because I connected with her. And what Nahanda does is she is a holistic wellness coach. But she's studied energy work, um, womb yoga therapy, and a lot of what she does is womb wellness. Now, this is something that I hadn't discovered before. Uh, Perhaps I'd known about it in sort of different ways. I hadn't sort of given it a name. But we really do dive into sort of this notion of womb wellness and, and listening to that sort of very gut instinct within ourselves and we sort of say that the gut intuition but actually as women we are so lucky that we've got this um, innate knowledge within us that often comes from um, our sort of womb the spiritual side of motherhood so I really enjoyed this conversation with Nahanda and we talk about lots of different things she's also a host of a fantastic podcast called the soul mama podcast And in there, she speaks to other amazing women, lots of women of colour who really tell so many different vibrant stories about their journey in motherhood. And she really hones in on on the sacred journey and definitely the spiritual spiritual side. What we talk about, and, and I really enjoyed this element of the conversation, was sort of grieving this loss of a village that so many of us sort of ancestrally will have come from so many different areas of the world that very often when a woman has a baby, they would come together. There would be a community. There would be women feeding their babies, looking after their babies, sleeping with their babies together, looking after each other and their children together. And we've lost that sense of community. We've lost that kind of ancient way of of what our ancestors did, of looking after each other within a community and this village. 
it's very different now in the West and so many of us can feel lonely and disconnected. A lot of this sort of manifests in, in postpartum depression. So we talk about that. We talk about really the change in ourselves, in our lives, in the way we think about everything once we become a mother. And this is what Nahanda does um, with other women. She takes them on this journey to, to help change perspectives and tune into energies and emotions. And she uses all her holistic wellness tools to really understand, um, I guess, the, the change and the involvement that we, we, we create when we've had a baby and where we want to go in our lives. So we talk about all of this in today's episode. I really hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Nahanda. So hi, Nahanda. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kate. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Tell me a little bit about what the Soul Mama journey is and what you're hoping to achieve with it. Yes. So the Soul Mama journey for me is an approach to understanding and experiencing motherhood as a sacred experience, as a spiritual experience that opens us up to heal to awaken and essentially to thrive. And because so many of the women that I've supported and worked with and witnessed haven't had the resources and the tools and the support to be able to help them to thrive, this was born out of my own experience and witnessing of the fact that we live in a society that doesn't really honor mothers and doesn't really honor the the journey of motherhood. And so how could I in my own life and in my own work, start to bring that back and affirm that for women in a way that feels really good. So that was the birth of the Soul Mama journey. And it's evolved into women's circles, which I've held monthly, um, the Soul Mama podcast, as you mentioned, uh, my one-to-one coaching, where I support women through conscious conception and sacred pregnancy and postpartum support and into thriving at each stage of motherhood, really. You see, when you say that, I'm immediately thinking of like back in in the day, hundreds of years ago, when I feel like, you know, we've lost that, that sacredness and that spirituality of motherhood, where there were tribes and communities where women would support each other. And and I'm thinking sort of like the red tent and and all all of that, where it was very much this upbringing together and, and you really honour a pregnancy and now because our life is so fast paced I guess and there's so many other things you know grabbing our attention yes obviously pregnancy is incredible and giving birth but sometimes it almost just feels like it's just another thing that we do and we just like snap back to you know old life people go back to work so quickly how do you support women I guess to kind of almost like go back to like what it was all about back hundreds of years ago. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's realising that the, the kind of modern environment isn't really supportive of our life force, of our energy. It, I don't find much of the um, evolution of modern society has been very life affirming. And so we, we think of it as evolution, but I almost think of it as devolution because we've mm. moved further away from the things that support us as extensions of nature. In that way, I see that we've kind of, the mother wound that we hold is one of 
being disconnected from that which actually supports our well-being, which is nature herself. And so if we think about the mother wound as actually dropping out of connection from nature and connection with the earth as our mother, that then allows us to treat the earth and to prioritize things that actually aren't life affirming and don't support the continuation of our species. And so we've started quite, quite deep but for me it's really what I feel like bringing this sanctity back to motherhood is is really about it's reclaiming the alignment with nature in a way that honors each of these rites of passages in in ways that honor our energy and our spirit and what we actually need to be nourished and to feel supported and to be held and I think much of what we do is very outward facing very kind of um, surface very materialistic very about gaining or about efforting or about achieving more and I know know the title of this podcast is the ambitious (laughs) mother but I think sometimes the ambition is to do less right the ambition for me anyway is is to kind of strip back all of the noise and to come back to the truth and motherhood is one of the ways that we experience that most viscerally because we are reconnecting to what every woman before us has done and so it's kind of coming back into that but and actually allowing ourselves to feel that and then to honor it and to to call in the support that we actually need even if we don't currently have it in our modern nuclear family setups you know Yeah, I mean, what you touched on then about the ambitious mum is that I initially, right at the very beginning when I started it, it was very much about like being a mum and having ambition despite being a mum and how I guess ambition kind of locks heads with being a a mum and when we kind of like want to lean into that ambition and take a step back. But as the podcast has evolved and, and more so, I guess, with me, with what I'm doing with women as well, is being ambitious about exactly what you said about rest, well-being, prioritizing ourselves, prioritizing what's important to us and what's authentic to us. And it's not necessarily about career and money, it is very much about how can I be more ambitious about making sure I am being true to myself and therefore that truth goes onto the family and to the children and the, the values and the foundations. And I feel very, you know, as I'm listening to you and I kind of just think about all the generations that go before us and what we have, like you say, this devolution of when you get pregnant, it's immediately like, right, what buggy have you bought? What books are you buying? What clothes are you buying? And yes, it is important to have these things from a sort of a, a comfort perspective, but does that take over that connection, I guess, from what has actually happened that we've conceived a child? You know, I've given birth four times and every single time, like my mind is literally blown that I'm in labor. Like you kind of think, you kind of go, oh, it's the pain, the pain, the contractions. I'm actually birthing a full blown human. And that moment is just, it's, it's beyond anything. It's like, it's almost too much to comprehend. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the breastfeeding or whatever happens afterwards, it goes in a a flit of an eye. It just, all of a sudden the exhaustion kicks in and the comparisons and snapping back into, you know, your pre-baby genes and all of this. And then that kind of magic, that spiritual and that sacredness, unless we're very intentional about it, can just disappear unless we are consciously trying to be part of the, this 
this journey that you're you're talking about that's exactly it that's exactly it and that's that was my experience you know like i i think that miracle of life begins from even preconception so when you are actually in the space of actually trying to call in the spirit of your child you know again fertility has become a very commercial space where people's needs and desires i think are very exploited and really reduced to the kind of okay we'll have many eggs and how healthy are these and and it and it becomes much less miraculous and magical and sacred than the experience can be if we are open and intentional and conscious and aware like you said about that creation and allowing that to be and so when i for me when i became pregnant and i was kind of still working in a corporate environment with a mostly male team and where I had already kind of noticed that I didn't really feel very seen. I didn't really feel very validated in my fullness in that role. And the pregnancy kind of just began this, this parallel universe where I was like, I'm growing a human being. Like I, the energy that is required for me to commute and to be here for these meetings and to, to prove and to, show and to do all of this stuff which just feels so counterintuitive when all I want to do is pour into me and pour into my child and make sure my relationship is great and make sure my environment is affirming and make sure I'm eating all of the foods like why am I skipping meals and like rushing lunch and all of these things which are going to have a direct impact on my child just to get this project over the line like all of a sudden it just became so futile and I was like I can't I can't actually do this anymore. Like that was the beginning of the end for me. Wow. Was mo- like motherhood was the birth of the realization that this, all of this doesn't actually matter. You know, all of the things that we've poured so much time and energy into propping up can really easily fall away when you realize that what it comes down to is the sanctity of life and actually honoring that and experiencing that and feeling that and being present for it and so that began the soul mama journey for me personally and then when I looked for spaces like where can I have these conversations where can I talk about all the you know the generational trauma that's coming up for me around birth or around how I want to break certain cycles in my family or how relationships have been very unequal or how so many single women have been holding up families in in my in my community like I want to have these conversations about how I can do things in a conscious and intentional way and I couldn't find anywhere that supported that space like you said everybody's talking about the buggy or what baby clothes and I was like this is so far removed from where my mind is at where my heart is at where my soul is at which then led me to think there must be some other women who are feeling this who are feeling this yearning to really connect to this unfolding that is happening this awakening that is happening on a on a soul level as you go into this path of motherhood that it led me to then retrain and become a holistic wellness coach and to really understand the metaphysics of energy and how we even commune with spirit and how we can understand it and how we can support that union to make our lives just even more richer and then how that translates into the way that we birth how that translates into the way that we care for ourselves in postpartum and how we then go on to mother you know it influences everything and I think if we can come into that that womb space which I know you want to talk about but to kind of come from that place of a deep dropped in tuned in presence to look at our lives from a different lens from a different perspective 
the choices that we make change, the ways that we show up changes, the way that our lives feel changes, the ways that we mother then changes. And so that to me was the birth of, yeah, the Soul Mama journey, both for myself and for others. Wow. It's so powerful. And I think what you mentioned then about breaking generational trauma and cycles, when you live in a community where you do see a lot of single mothers and I guess it's very much in in any community, what you see is your norm and that tends to repeat. How are you helping women who have seen that's the norm to, to be bringing up children on their own to become more spiritual and sacred when actually, you know, money is probably very tight. They they're lacking in support. They're exhausted. How do you make that a sacred experience for them when it's so difficult as well. And I guess when you are parenting on your own, it's it's so many practical and logistical and financial mm. issues that going spiritual can be very difficult. It's, it's really interesting the way that you phrase that, because I think for me, spirituality is not something I can do for anyone else. No. And it's, it's not something that can be compartmentalized into this neat box of like, okay, I'm going to tick the spirituality box. To me, it's just, it's just a completely different way of being in the world. It's kind of coming at life from a very different perspective and from a different lens. And so you're right, growing up, you know, I grew up in South London in a majority black community. I was in, born and bred in Brixton with a single mom, with a dad who was absent. And that was the norm. All of my friends only had mums. None of them had dads. And so we all aspired to recreate that model you know we would talk about our children like we knew we could have children right um but we never experienced we never discussed or or projected having a two-parent home and so even adjusting to that as being a possibility was really uncomfortable for me because I remember having those conversations with my mum where she was like actually at this stage I I actually wouldn't want to be with a man it would be too much of a compromise and actually I've done all of this by myself I've raised you and your brother and you know it was kind of a badge of honor that came from being the single mom mm-hmm. and for me I was like I really want to experience union and I want to I want that union to be conscious and healthy and 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 not dysfunctional and so that healing began when me and my husband met at 17 and actually readdressing the fact that he also came from a long line of single parents and mm-hmm. so what did we both need to do in our union with each other to heal those aspects of us and to honor the journeys of where we'd come from and to not judge them, but to really realize that a lot of those circumstances were not chosen. They were circumstantial. They were responses to societies that were not set up in fairness. My husband's mum comes from the Caribbean, my mum was white working class, but there were very similar circumstances that led them to those positions. And so it's not to say that there aren't women now who are consciously choosing and deciding to be single parents. But for me, it was more of an understanding that people are experiencing life from very different places. The fact that for some people, inheriting money, going into a good job, having a stable marriage is a given. And for other people, you know, making it out into into the world is a, is is not a given to me it was kind of the recognition that actually wellness needs to come back into being something for all people and so even understanding the landscape of coaching and um and the way that wellness is at the moment i've been very conscious about 
who I'm speaking to and and the price point that I charge and how accessible even the language and the spaces I set up are because I realized like I'm going to pregnancy yoga, I'm going to NCT, I'm I'm doing the things that I think are supportive for my healing, but normally I'm the only woman of color in the room. Why is that? Is it because women of color don't need this? Actually, I would argue that women of color need it more so, right? Because if you look at the health disparities, if you look at the um, five times more likely to die from childbirth related injury statistic that's been going around recently, black women and brown women are at more risk of having these negative health outcomes. So why are they not the ones in the rooms which have the solutions? And for me, that was the kind of discord, which I realized like, hang on a second, it's because there aren't women that look like us who are hosting these spaces. There aren't women that look like us who are writing these books. Because so many of us are falling into the traps that society has laid, so to speak, it is not as much of a consideration to then use your your spare money, if you have that, on things that would actually be therapeutically beneficial to you because actually most of that money is going towards survival. And it was this understanding, like, how can I make us still experience the things that actually originally were the ways that we lived? If you think about where some of these things have come from, when you think about yoga, you think about meditation, you think about Reiki, you think about like so many of these things have come from indigenous countries and indigenous practices, and yet they've been commercialized and packaged up for a, a normally white middle class audience, right? Yeah. And so for me, it was a it, it was a larger thing of like reclaiming these, you know, ancient ways and modalities that shouldn't really cost any money that we all have access to we all have access to our breath we all have access to being able to meditate and move and dance and you know eat hopefully and so how can we reclaim these um, modalities in ways that feel resonant and relevant for us culturally and spiritually and so that has also been part of the journey um, in kind of just understanding that and seeing it and then hopefully bridging the gap for more women. Yeah, I mean, wow, I couldn't agree more on all of that because I do feel very conscious that this coaching wellness world is predominantly white, middle class, um, privileged people having, and, and these high price points, you know, in the coaching world that just makes it so inaccessible for so many people. Yeah. And like you say, it shouldn't be, wellness shouldn't be a privilege. It shouldn't be something just for a certain group of people exactly. and making it feel like certain people aren't welcome or ostracized because like you say, the yoga scene and I mean the amount of white coaches I see online who are selling huge financial packages that are just beyond people's capabilities and then making it feel that okay well you know what's the point and 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 I am very much on the same level that I want to make my price point accessible I want to be able to reach as many people who wouldn't necessarily walk into a, a workshop, a well-being workshop, or wouldn't necessarily want to um, try eating healthily or adopting breath work and all these small things. For me, it's very much about um, micro steps, small incremental changes that we can make to adopt a, a healthier lifestyle and mindset that anyone can do. 
You don't need to to buy snazzy kind of yoga clothes. You don't need to go to an amazing retreat in Sri Lanka. Um, we can do it, you know, in our in our homes, just starting really small. Um, and to be able to touch women and mothers, and especially I think through the podcast, which is, I always say this is like a passion project. You know, this is not something that I unfortunately don't get paid for. I don't have sponsorship, and I would love sponsorship. But I'm going to do this anyway, because I believe that this is a free resource for, for people that they, if they choose, they can go out and, and look it up and see all the different guests that are, are giving their own um, insights and wisdom for free. Yeah, um, If someone wanted to sit with you and talk to you, I'm sure, you know, it would cost money and like with all my guests, but I want to be able to give women and empower women and inspire women through the conversations on this podcast to maybe make one small change, one tiny little change that could then almost like have a ripple effect. Or maybe they tell a friend about it yeah. or they tell their daughter or they go for a walk in the park and go, I listened to this amazing woman on, on a podcast the other day and she told me about box breathing and I'm going to do that every morning. Like little tiny things yeah. that makes it accessible and can possibly awaken something. In, I mean, because I think that's what happened to me something awakened within me mm. several years ago that then made me want to listen to another podcast and read another book and then go on to train as a coach as a well-being coach and then I went on and trained in tapping and all these little things came from someone else an inspiration like a little nugget yeah, yeah. and so I hope that anyone that's listening to this right now thinks that this is accessible for them yeah. and they aren't they don't need to carry on the cycles that they've seen if that's not been a healthy process for them. Right. That that it is intentional. Yes, you do have to make a change. Someone can't make you spiritual. Someone can't make you, you know, be interested in being healthier. But you can be inspired. Definitely. And I'm glad you talked about the the medium of podcasting, because for me, that that was also the motivation to, to start the Soul Mama podcast. It was realizing that the conversations that I was having one to one with women, they were having these awakenings and these breakthroughs and connecting with the spirit of their babies and, and being like, I've never done this before. And no one in my family probably gets what I'm going through or what I'm even creating here and what I'm actually trying to do and I was like it would be amazing to have a resource that people could come to for free you know like you were saying um and when I looked at the podcast scene again it was very you know white dominated and I couldn't find many voices that represented my background or where I was coming from and I was like that's weird to me because so many of the women that I seek out consciously are women of color, you know, whether they're American or in the UK, you know, and so how, how is it that there aren't more podcasts that kind of speak directly to that audience? Um, and so for me, that was the, uh, the kind of, yeah, the, the desire to create this space for the Soul Mama podcast to bring women who perhaps aren't in the mainstream motherhood spaces, which I think have become very commercialized, um, but who have a message and who have resources and who have the wisdom and who have a different way of looking at things. I, you know, somebody said to me, oh, you're the woman who, who decolonizes motherhood. And I was like, wow, I, I've never used that language for myself for my own work but actually I, I completely see how that person came to that conclusion because 
so much of the things that you described earlier, you know, that that take up the headspace of a lot of women are about showing and proving. It's about, you know, performing motherhood and not actually being in motherhood. And, and that comes down to capitalist, you know, exploitation of our desires to be good mums, right? So it's not for any um, negative reason. You know, if people want to buy nice things for themselves or for them children, for their children, it's not a judgment, but it's, it's realizing that we have a, a kind of finite sense of focus and attention and energy and if all of that is going to how your children look or what their what their gadgets are or you know choosing out the best brand of bottle or any of that kind of stuff then you then it means that that time and energy is not being spent on yourself right and so that for me is a is a call back to women who are realizing like yeah I'm doing all of those things and I'm paying for all of these things but perhaps there's still a disconnect here perhaps there's still a part of me that feels like there could be something deeper or there could be something more or that there is something in myself that I'm not yet accessing and for me motherhood is the kind of the breaking open and the the invitation then is to kind of say what what is what is un being kind of revealed here I kind of talk about it as the the lifting of the veil mm-hmm. you know it's like that thinning of, yeah. of that description that I gave of like realizing that everything that I had poured so much time and attention into was just falling away. And actually I could just leave it because what I really wanted to do was really understand how can I heal the things that are coming to the surface now um, and giving women really direct ways to do that. So for example, if a woman is pregnant and she's kind of finding herself juggling the job and planning for the baby a lot of what I do is hold space you know hold space for the truth of what's coming up for you working with the breath to actually create even more space in the body and to actually find the space where what I'm doing is enough to actually find the space where actually there is a belief that everything is going to be okay actually there is a space where I can trust that what my body is doing and what my baby's doing and what I'm doing is going to unfold for our highest good And actually, can we even go beyond that to realize that you're not doing it all by yourself? Because that kind of solo independence, um, that kind of striving mentality that I think a lot of women have got caught up into, one is very masculine and two is very um, counterintuitive to our natural energy flows, counterintuitive to our natural cycles of Um, of energy highs and energy lows of our menstrual cycle for example or um, the stage of life that we're in and so because we often haven't given ourselves the space or the time or the moment to actually be still we haven't realized that oh actually when I when I push past this level that's when I lead into exhaustion or that's when I feel overwhelmed or that's when I go into anxiety mode or that's when I'm operating from a space of fear you know we're we're often so busy that we don't even realize those things and so for me a lot of the work is actually stripping back and actually being like what are you spending your time and energy doing and is there space to actually take some of that back for yourself for your soul to be able to to receive and to yield to um, the support that comes from nature, the support that comes from the divine, the support that comes from spirit, and doing that in ways that feel sacred and feel resonant. Yeah, I don't know if that gives you a picture of you know, some of the... Yeah, some no, of- very much so, very much so. And, and I think what you said at, at the beginning of that was um, 
is is the birth and this lifting of the veil because as cheesy as it sounds is that you aren't that same person once you've given birth you've experienced life in a different way and you've connected to something completely um new and and you know as i've i've been a mother now for nearly 16 years mm. and i've seen the evolvement of of how that is and definitely First of all, my te- my children are my biggest teachers. Mm. They have taught me everything and continue to teach me and and show me where I'm not healing and show me what um what I need to be doing more of and less of, um and and I think having teenagers now actually has been the most triggering point of my whole motherhood experience because mm. I remember being their age and I remember what I was going through at their age, and I rem- and and it is very much that level of okay this inner child that there's certain things that we haven't healed as adults and and it's whether we we make that decision to um to go there and and kind of gets a bit messy and it gets a bit uncomfortable um and do we heal for our children and and ourselves so we can move forwards but a hundred percent we are birthing a new version of ourselves and it's that connection and i love how you sort of you talk about this is almost like this co-creation that we are supported that we have got this you know this direct connection to the divine and I I really do feel this a lot more now now I I just I stand there I'm like please tell me what to do please guide me please show me please support me because sometimes I genuinely don't know what to do and I don't know if I'm making the right choices and I'm leaning into the right you know even if I feel like I kind of know my intuition sometimes I just don't and and I and I hand it over and um you know typically it's like me and walking my dog in in nature and having a nice walk and I'm having a chat with whoever is listening and saying you know please support me through this because um I need guidance yeah and I and I think when we release that when we suddenly realize actually we don't need to go out for external validation it doesn't have to be you know, a million conversations with five different groups of friends and ask everyone their opinion and then have this paralysis analysis of overwhelm. There are, and the more I do the breath work and the more I kind of lean into meditation, which I I struggle with, um, and I do different variations of meditation because I do sort of struggle to kind of get my, my busy mind quiet. But once I have those moments that I pause and I breathe and I just allow a bit of space inevitably always I get some some form of insight or solution um and 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 I find that it's been the most um valuable resource and tool that I've had since being a mother I have to say Mm -hmm. beyond anything beyond every book I've read and I've read a huge amount of books um because I didn't believe that I had the wisdom within me and it's taken me a very long time to know that actually everything is within me, but we have to make a bit of space, don't we, to, to, to allow that to come in to receive what you what you said. Um, and I and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this 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 womb wellness that you talk about, yeah. Because as women and this you know this divine femininity that we are so lucky to be able to lean into and and I do believe there is there is a need for to bring in a bit of masculine energy 100% needs to be balanced but what do we have as women at our disposal that men don't have and and how can we lean into this more to to make motherhood a more sacred experience I guess if I was to sum it up in one 
word. It's it's the yielding. And I don't know what yielding brings up for you, but for me, there is there is the surface discomfort and resistance because it feels like a letting go. It feels like a surrendering. It feels like I'm not going to be in control. It feels like things might happen and spiral in directions that I won't I won't be able to to contain. And that's often the kind of working through of the actual experiencing of trust right you know when we speak about rest for example and I see women who have had you know such a resistance to rest um and often it's unpacking and and kind of realizing that all of these lies around uber productivity and you know time management and all of these things are just ways of keeping us disconnected keeping us decentered from what our actual truth and essence is so for me coming from a womb space if you imagine you know coming from a headspace being this kind of frothy you know mental activity mental clutter um lots of thoughts lots of um choices lots of decisions but actually if we actually go through the journey of dropping down and so this is a a kind of physical embodiment visualization that i will bring women through where I get them to kind of breathe through and drop down from the head, which is where most people are operating, into the heart, connecting with the softness of the heart, and then going even deeper than that and coming into the, the depths and the darkness of the shadows where the womb resides, you know, physically and symbolically, right? And that space is often quite scary because it's unknown and it because it holds... I believe the residue of all of the emotional things that we've been through and not just us, but our, our whole mother line. Right. And so if we think about it as this space that has deliberately, I believe through patriarchy been, um, vilified and, um, kind of made abject. So if you think about periods, the ways periods are spoken about, you know, as this, on the one hand, inconvenience of this kind of burden, but on the other hand, being really deeply shameful or sinful or indicative of your ability to, to connect with your sexuality and the responsibility that, that that brings up. And I and again, you know, understanding how that has has been for you personally, but how that has happened collectively is is part of the work. So I often bring women back to when was your first menses? How did that feel? How was it received? What messages was your womb receiving as you experienced that? And very rarely were women celebrated and held up and and honored and you know brought into the rites of passage that womanhood is actually accessing the wisdom of the womb and realizing that she has a voice and that our intuition lives there and that's where our instincts lie and actually there is this subtle um uh reality that most of us are are not really tuned into because it's it's very subtle so kind of bringing women back to that space is brings up a lot of emotions it brings up a lot of memories from the past you know depending on sexual experiences or miscarriages or abortions or whatever has actually happened in the womb space there is often a lot of healing that needs to happen straight off from what is your womb story you know like if she were to actually voice her life from your inception what has actually happened to her and where has she been ignored and you know looked over and abused you know because a lot of us have been carrying that those wounds whether or not that those things have physically happened to us 
So that's the first step. And then when you've actually given space and voice to some of that that wounding, it's actually realizing, okay, what does the womb actually need now then to be in a space of, of vitality, to be in a space of balance, to be in a space of strength? And often, again, the womb will will give you the, the wisdom that you need. And again, I, I lead women through a guided visualization to actually meet a personification of the womb, um, which is, is really just, I guess, another way of, of calling our higher selves or, you know, our, our kind of our deepest essence, our soul selves. Um, and then asking her what she really needs in our lives right now. And, and sometimes it will be more time and space, more rest, more, more nourishing foods. But other times it will be things like you need to heal the relationship with your mother or you need to leave that relationship because it's toxic for you or you need to address that abortion that you you suppressed and has have never really made space and time for or whatever that is. It's different for every woman. And I've yet to see a woman, you know, repeat an answer. Um, but it's it's kind of tapping into that truth for you on, on an individual level and then starting to orient your life in accordance to that wisdom. Um, so it might be making more space for creativity or it might be, you know, speaking truth that hasn't been spoken for years. It, it will come up in a way that is known for you. And then you start to organize your life for that to happen. And that's the womb healing. And then from that place, your womb continues to be a voice in your life that, like you say, when you're in those moments of of wanting to to get some guidance or feeling like you need the support, that you actually kind of go back to the inner mother and mm. realize that the womb is that place, you know, that kind of we, you know, when we think of um lying in fetal position. It's because we're actually really yearning the space of safety that the womb provided for us in that kind of utero life. And so we can return to that by by making that direct connection with our wombs. And that can be as simple as, you know, thinking about the foods and the, the drinks that you're taking in to your body and thinking, what, how is this supporting my womb or not, um, to moving moving your root chakra in a way that feels really supportive and creating space and actually allowing your body to to guide you in how it wants to move or it could be drawing a sacred bath and having some herbs and lighting some candles and you know it's going to be different medicine for each woman but it, but it's it's opening to the fact that we hold that wisdom so deep within us that we each have access to and so making that space and showing up for that communion it's it's amazing I'm, I'm i'm absolutely fascinated by this and and i think when you become a mother you forget that you do still need to be mothered yourself and whether that is you know internally or, or you, we don't have all the answers and we're never going to have all the answers but it's very empowering to know that we have got that within us if we choose to go there um and and i know that can be really hard like every bit of healing is going to be hard because you kind of have to go to that kind of place of hurt, sadness, anger. But I think until people make it, it's a very intentional choice, isn't it? That if we make that decision that we're going to go through the healing, we have to feel as well. Um, and we will inevitably always feel better for, for going there. It's just quite emotional at the time or uncomfortable. And, and I can, presume this 
some a lot of women probably find it quite difficult to connect to that if that's not been the way they're thinking that's not been the way they've been brought up um you know sitting there thinking I'm I've done so much work on myself over the past four or five years but prior to that if you talk to me about womb wellness even two years ago I probably would have just been like oh god that's ridiculous how can you know but now I'm like yes 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 I mean it speaks to me so much so I think we also have to bring a little bit of compassion to ourselves that if you're listening to this now and it's like something that you just can't connect to and that that's okay like you don't have to you don't have to do this now like this can be something that in two years time you'd be like I remember this conversation I listened to and actually this is what I feel like I need right now um it's it's interesting sorry go on no 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 you carry on I, I I think it's just it was just that I was thinking how powerful it is to know that there can be guidance for channeling and and locking into that wisdom and that intuition that we don't realize is is that's where it is is yeah. it's in our we kind of go you know that gut feeling but the gut is where is is actually the womb, especially when you're a woman, and that's where you feel it. And I love what you said about that we've got all the different generations of of our mother line within us. So in a good way, that you know that's that's great. We've got you know strong women, but also if you've had um, generational trauma, there's been like cycles that you've seen throughout the the women's side of your family, and I, and I can see this in myself that I. I'm very conscious that I don't want to pass this on to my three daughters. Like, I feel like it's almost like the, I'm almost at that, that crossroads for my children. I want to make a change. And I put quite a lot of pressure on myself to, to make that generational change. So my daughters can almost start afresh. Mm. Um, yeah. That's, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. No, thank you. And I, I agree. I think when we are, if you're hearing this for the first time and it's something that you're, um, as you say, haven't been oriented into, it can it can bring up a lot of discomfort potentially. But it is re- remembering that I believe that that healing goes beyond us, right? And that's why I encourage women to begin this from preconception, you know, in terms of womb wellness and actually understanding the womb. And, and obviously, whichever stage you come to it, it's never too late. But to actually have the space to create the environment from which your child is actually going to grow and then to heal that environment once your child has left and then to realize that there's been an, there's been an activation there that wasn't there before you know and so womb wellness is for every person who who has a womb and has had a womb um but there is i believe a, a kind of deeper activation that happens when life has passed through that womb in the sense of of conceiving a baby and, and giving birth to a baby, right? So to me, that's the gift that motherhood brings. It's realizing that that opening, that um, that invitation has begun and whether or not you take it or not, it's always there. It's that kind of place to come back to. And especially when you are mothering children and you're finding yourself being triggered or you're finding that you're having to dig deeper and look for resources that weren't modeled or, you know, look, look beyond the things that are coming up in and around your family to create something new. Um, to me, the, the womb is the space where where that where life is born. So the fact that we have been able to make seen and make real something that has once not been here. You know, if you think about just the the miracle of life, that that's what the womb's power is. And so for every desire that we have, 
that is the process it's the journey the invocation of articulating what it is that we desire what we need you know creating that space and and ritualizing some of the um some of the rhythms around that so to me it doesn't need to look like doing something specific that is outside of your everyday life but you can create moments of ritual sanctity in your in your actual life right so when you talked about um like you know doing the breath work for example like that's a very specific example of of taking space and time away from anyone and away from the the everyday to to come home to yourself and that's perfect and that's great but i also expand the idea of this kind of spiritual and conscious motherhood as realizing that motherhood in and of itself is the practice the moments that you are fronting a toddler who's having a tantrum you have a choice, you know, you are, there are parts of you that are being activated that you can then choose what comes out of your mouth. You can then choose mm-hmm. how you physically interact with that child. You know, you you choose how you show up in in each moment and the messages that we're um, passing down. And so I don't know about you, but I know for me, my daughter's five, but she's like going on 15. So I feel like I've had a little bit of the teenager insight. Um, but she will come out with things that I really trigger me, you know, things that she will say. Um, and yes, you're right. I remember saying some similar things or having similar outlooks. And then it kind of forces me to kind of sit with, okay, what's so uncomfortable with this? You know, like there is a belief that I hold that if I allow her to believe that thing or to say that thing, that something negative is going to happen or that she's going to at some point not be safe or that that way of thinking is going to lead her into a detrimental situation that I won't be able to protect her from. You know, it's always coming from that space of fear. And so it's then leaning into the practices and actually being like, well, what if I actually was really trusting that we live in a benevolent universe? What if I was really trusting that she is equally guided as I am, you know, does, how would that change how I present this, this, um, this decision or this choice to her? Um, and so it's, it's, picking up on the things that kind of come out of our mouths almost unconsciously and being like, hang on a second, I'm just saying that because my mum said that to me. But at the time that my mum said it to me, it didn't make sense to me. So why am I repeating it? And, you know, having this, again, the space and the support and the holding to be able to unpack some of those things and be like, well, actually, is that serving the abundant, prosperous, you know, healthy life that I envision for her? Or is that actually containing her and keeping her small and restricting her and and in those ways the motherhood becomes the practice it becomes the spiritual experience it doesn't need to be this kind of compartmentalized thing that we do alone you know it's it's what unfolds in the being in the being present yeah yeah and and i think it's just it's never ending because it's like a daily reset i know i find that like every single day it's like okay what what am I, where am I going to be intentional? Where you know, and and it doesn't matter how much breathing or walking or whatever I do, I still say things that I've either heard my mum say or say things I'm like, why did I say that? Or why did I lose my temper? Or why did I react the way I did? But you know, th- this is we're humans, yeah. And 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 that's it. We also just have to accept that we're not going to embody this perfect kind of being, and and everything is you know everything we say is going to be enlightening and and modeling you know the the most perfect person because we 
I think for me, I, I don't want them to ever think that perfect exists. Exactly. I want them to know that it's rough and it's ready and it's exhausting and it's tiring. But things we can reset. We take that breath. We, we forgive. We apologize. We start again. And, you know, and, and as, <laughs> as you'll, you might find out in a few years when you have, um, hormonal girls in the house and and me and my daughter have sort of like synchronized a little bit that um we know when we're going to butt heads and when one of us is going to you know um say something or react in it in an inflammatory way and it's actually funny if my husband that sees it before we do he's like you do know what time of the time of the month it is um just so you know between the two of you just kind of like give each other a bit of space Space, yeah so there's an awareness there but Also, life gets in the way and things now things are, you know, opening up and um, all the the rotors and the hobbies and the this. And so it is very much kind of staying as intentional as we can, but also being compassionate that we don't have to be perfect and our kids are going to be okay if we lose our temper. (laughs) And I hope that nothing that I've said has led to that, um, that image of, of absolutely not. It's like, if anything, of that, I I definitely, um, am, am one for feeling all that you feel when you feel it, you know, and, but having language to be able to, to describe that, because how often do you remember, you know, your mum being really tired and perhaps not being able to sense, why she was so irritable or why she was snapping at you and her not perhaps having the language to explain it you know of of it's not about suppressing that and showing up in this like shiny zen mode all the time right like that's yeah. that's not human like you say it's it's actually finding the language to say this is where I'm at right now and these are some yeah. of the things that I'm actually going to put into practice so like one of the things that my daughter's aware of is like I do this um this like breath work embodiment practice to release anger right mm-hmm. um which is something anybody can do it's like you know I, I could I'm trying to demonstrate it I realize people yeah I want to see this <laughs> basically like you know standing legs akimbo and kind of using your hands above your head and literally like swinging down oh, I know. is this is a kundalini yoga technique yeah I think it yes. is based in kundalini yoga this. I actually learned yeah. it in my in my energy coaching um but it's kind of using the mouth and then making a very guttural sound yes. to release that fire energy because it's inflammation you know anger is 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 fire right and so you you create an opening for the fire to release and then you can kind of come back to the situation with a little bit more headspace right and so if she sees me doing that she knows what time it is it's not because I'm shout I'm not shouting at her or I'm not like you know going off at her but she can see that I'm putting into practice the things that are supporting of me and then I can say to her this is where I'm at. And then whether she chooses to do that when she's angry or not is as up to her, you know? So it's those things. It's kind of realizing that, okay, as we navigate our emotional landscape and as you, as your daughter comes into her um, womanhood and she's experiencing that hormonal ebb and flow as well, how can you be in a way that supports supports that for yourself to then indicate to her what she might be able to do for herself? you know and so we've started talking about periods um from now like my daughter's five 
but I haven't shielded her from that. And I speak to her about, you know, the moon cycle and how it works. And, and so she is in her consciousness, understanding that that's something that she's going to grow into. And so I hope that that openness and that conversation will continue in a way that feels very natural and, um, and, open for her to be able to say I'm not feeling this I don't want to do blah blah whatever it is the resistance that will come up but for her to know that there are some tools there that might feel more natural to her having had those modeled for years rather than feeling like this is a very foreign concept that I now need to go and reach for you know um so it's kind of just creating space and then language I think to be able to give give honor give voice to what our parents would have experienced, but perhaps didn't have the language to express. And that is the generational healing, right? It's not not denying those behaviors are ever going to happen, but it's just realizing that there is another layer there. There's more capacity there to be able to hold space for those feelings in a way that doesn't negatively affect anyone else. Yeah, it is. And, And I think that's exactly what it is, is, is when I look back, I don't think my mum did explain, well, she did explain a little bit of like why she was feeling the way she was, but um, something that I do with my daughters, I actually don't do it intentionally, but I, I'm not, I don't shy away from it is in the morning, I try and do a few minutes of breath work and close my eyes and kind of trying to be intentional how I want to feel for the day. And they see me doing it. They come in, I can hear them pitter pattering in, in, out. Like part of me is like my eye open, like go and get dressed. I'm like, breathing (laughs) so I'm doing the best that I can and trying to get them dressed at the same time but they see that I have like I give myself five minutes in the morning Mm. and and they've started to learn now they come in and they don't kind of look at me like I'm a weirdo anymore Um, and then they kind of go out but I just hope that that's they remember that's just that's what mum did mum took you know five minutes in the morning for herself just to do that breath work and visualization um, you know, I do a lot of tapping with my kids as well. Yeah. And, and I try and like normalize it. I try and ensure that they understand that it's okay to have emotions mm-hmm. and like things like little things. And I'm not really, you know, I don't know loads about the moon cycle. I'm learning more about it, but I'm very connected when there's a full moon and, and, and a new moon and what that brings and what we release and what we, yeah. you know, focus on. And I try and show them a lot, the moon. I'm like, look at the moon, look how beautiful it is. Let's go outside and see the moon or right, they see me walking around on the grass with no shoes on and little tiny things that I want them just to kind of subconsciously take in that when they're older they can lean into these tools themselves and listen you know who knows what what they'll be and and what what you know how they'll be when they're older but I I hope that just the modeling these small things gives them more power to 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 feel calmer and more balanced definitely something that I wish I knew 10 years ago and definitely as a teenager growing up you know there was there was nothing I couldn't ever had no tools exactly yeah so I think preparing your daughter from the age of five about periods and 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 leaning into that means that when it does happen she'll be just so au fait with it that's, that it'll that's just... the intention. That's the intention. And realizing that we can do that with, with so many of our choices, right? And so for me, that's really what the Soul Mama journey is. It's moving into a space of intention and awareness and and making conscious choices and actually questioning some of the things that we've inherited and some of the um the unconscious habits or some of the unconscious beliefs and actually taking those apart and and realizing where in my body does that actually live and does that actually feel comfortable and is that actually serve the life that I 
I envision for us, you know, and realizing that if it doesn't, there's space to let it go. You don't have to hold on to things just because you've inherited them, you know. And yet, and in the midst of that, there will be beautiful things that you've inherited that you want to amplify and you want to you want to build upon. And so, doing that kind of, I guess it's it's ancestral healing is is realizing that motherhood is is the vehicle that allows for us to do that in a way that that becomes really meaningful for the next generation. Oh, absolutely love all of this. Can you tell um, the listeners how they can find you, work with you? Where are you on social media? Of course. So I am on Instagram. My handle is at Soul Mama Coach. So S O U L M A M A Coach. Um, and I share lots of tidbits of my personal life and things with clients, but I also share my podcast. Um, and so the Soul Mama podcast is available on all platforms. Um, and those are deep dive conversations with all of the things that I wished I could listen to when I was conceiving and pregnant and had young babies um, from from the mouths of women of color from all over the world. Um, so I would love if anybody was resonating with this to kind of connect with them further. I do one-to-one coaching for women at each stage of, of motherhood. Um, and there are some openings coming up. If women are interested in that too, I would love to have a conversation. So I have a free uh, book, a free call on my website site which is www.soulmamajourney.com um, and there's a button that you'll see quite obviously on there if you want to just have a free chat I'm always happy to to connect and see where it goes amazing oh well I will be putting all of this in the show notes 100% um, and I would love to stay in touch and loads more we can talk about no, but um, so quickly but thank you so much Oh, it's been it's been an absolute delight and um, hopefully we'll speak very soon. Definitely. Take Thanks, Nahanda. So that's this week's episode done. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way. I listen to loads of podcasts and I've learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media, but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. And my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode.